Hi, thank you for joining us. This is Serena Sun, founder and director of Breaking Taboo. Welcome to our audio video podcast, where we talk about a variety of mental health issues, and we work toward breaking the taboo around them. So today I am here with Julie Lyons. Julie Lyons does something quite unique. Uh, she is a dissociative identity expert. She is also a certified master life coach and a licensed independent social worker in private practice. So Julie, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much for being here with us. How are you doing today? Great. I'm thrilled to be here with you. It's an honor and a privilege. Thank you so much, Julie. Well, I'm thrilled to be here with you as well and to learn a bit about DID, which is Dissociative Identity Disorder. For um, all of you out there, some of you may have heard of it, but there are a lot of misconceptions around this, and it's one of those disorders that is not that well known. Um compared to other mental health issues. So obviously Julie here is the expert in this. Um, so why don't, why don't you start us off by uh, telling us what exactly is DID? How would you describe it? Uh, how do you see it usually manifesting in people? Well, <laughs> um, actually DID is simply put, it's, it's a disconnection from the present moment. So a lot of people have heard about mindfulness and being in the present moment. Well, this is just the total opposite of that, not being present in the moment. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you usually see that manifest? How does it play out? And also I can give you the clinical definition, which I don't really like, but it's, you know. Okay. What is um, the clinical definition? Um, right out of the diagnostic and statistical manual, it's... Um, having two or more up to 200 at, have been reported personalities distinct personalities and and designated by abrupt changes in mood or behavior and the third thing is memory gaps that are not explained by just normal forgetfulness like you know you walk into a room and say hmm what was i what am i here for it's a lot more complicated than that Mm, I see. Okay. And you just said that you don't really agree with that definition and why? I mean, I don't like, I don't want to say that. That's really the specific definition of it. And I don't like the diagnostic manual is what I meant to say. What do you I mean? don't like diagnosing people with a label. Mm, I see. And, mm -hmm. I see. So the whole manual, you don't like the whole DSM. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> Right. That's interesting because a lot of uh, therapists that I talk to, um, you're definitely not the only one to say that because many therapists and myself, I, I also find it to be very limiting and uh, yeah, categorizing people and feelings and emotions and, uh, you know, um, issues like this mental health is so complex and so broad it's such a wide range of how we experience it but at the same time that's what it makes it such a challenge like that's what makes it such a challenge that's what makes it kind of difficult to treat so on that hand I also understand the DSM because you need something like a, a structure or something there to be able to like treat people and and follow follow certain guidelines or codes or better understand you know and so I see both sides of it and I totally get what you're saying, Julie. And, um, but you know, as far as DID goes, how would you describe the symptoms yourself based on what you've seen um, in either your patients or just other people in general? How do you see them typically manifesting? Well, I loved how you were talking about people's uniqueness on your website. Mm -hmm. And um, listening to you, I thought, I don't even have to show up for my interview because you really nailed it. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. What yes. did, which part of the website, like, what did I say? <laughs> you were talking about how people ha are so unique and mm -hmm. they have different parts to themselves. Right. And everyone has a genius part. Right. And so um, when people have DID, they tend to 
to um, disconnect from reality and go into the parts of themselves that were meant to cope with trauma. Mm-hmm. And they, they, came, they came out to cope with what was happening in the past to them. And so they tend not to want to look at those parts. So I loved what you said about finding, you know, embracing all of your parts, your uniqueness and your genius. And now this is just about also embracing the parts of ourselves that we don't like and some that really get in the way of our functioning. Interesting. I mean, the way that uh, the DSM describes it almost makes it sound like multiple personality disorder. Uh, And I know that there have been some changes, uh, of course, in the DSM um, around uh, multiple personality disorder. But could you remind me, it's been quite a while since I studied this. Yes. Particularly. So yeah. And it's really, they hide, they hide the information. Um, The way I got into this was, um, watching the show the United States of Terra yes, that was I produced by that. Steven Spielberg. Yes. Yes. And Tony Collette does a great job of, of the transitions. DID is actually a thing. People really do, there's a spectrum. People really do have parts that that are different personalities. Their brain is compartmentalized into parts that have absolutely different, you can see the different personalities. One may be shy and the other one's outgoing. Mm-hmm. And um, they have different facial expressions, different language, different skills and abilities. It's really a thing, but there is a spectrum. So on the other end of the spectrum are people that may have the ability to get in touch with their genius part or their uniqueness or their childlike part and um, or their artistic part, mm-hmm. you know, like that. But these on the other end, you can they actually have different, different personalities. And I have a great example. Okay. Okay. I had a client whose um, boyfriend broke up with her and she was so hurt and it reminded her of her child, some childhood issues, some trauma. And she had ridden on this, her boyfriend's motorcycle and she loved his motorcycle and she uh, split into a kid part the kid part decided to take motorcycle lessons. One of her kid parts doesn't read. The other part uh, went to the class and a third part was involved. And what happened was the teacher told her to go home and do the homework. The part that, that couldn't read did the homework and obviously didn't read the homework. They came back the next day and all got on their motorcycles for class. And she was going down the ramp almost toward, toward to go off the embankment toward the woods into the trees because the kid part got on the motorcycle and showed up for the class. But the core of mm-hmm. the body of the system grabbed the brakes and the motorcycle lurched and flipped over on her foot. And she went around saying, that it was the teacher's fault that she got on the motorcycle. We should sue the school. She made a big story. Later on in her treatment, she realized that was a part of her because she was a 50-year-old woman, highly intelligent, friends, able to function on so many levels. But when she was triggered by a trauma, she split into another part that it didn't make any sense because an adult woman intelligent woman's not going to get on a motorcycle if she doesn't know how to ride it. So it was very confusing to her. Where did she get the motorcycle? Uh, Oh, she went to take motorcycle lessons. Oh, got it. So, so sorry. I I get so excited about the story, but yes, she went to class like with all the other students. Okay. Okay. They had these little motorcycles, 250 horsepower or whatever, you know, and basic beginner motorcycles. She just went to class with everyone else. So when this happened, did she uh, go by a different name or anything? Or did she um, remember her life before this? Did she completely change into a different person like in the show United States of Tara or no? Or was she totally Well, she had this, sometimes 
there can be more than one part present at the same time. Oh, okay. It's called co-fronting. Okay. And um, so, and there could be one part that drives there and then it was obviously the adult part that grabbed the brakes and stopped the motorcycle. Mm -hmm. But whoever really was angry and upset and I'll show them is the one that got on the motorcycle and decided to take lessons in the first place. Right. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. So uh, DID, dissociative identity disorder, is the same as multiple personality disorder? Yes. Okay. It used to be called multiple personality disorder in the DSM-4. Mm -hmm. The DSM-5 is when they switched it. Which one is the one where... Uh, People just kind of wander outside of their homes and they completely mm -hmm. forget yeah. about like that. They have a wife and kids and they just disappear. They become a missing person. And then later on, sometimes they reappear and you realize that this person has lived a completely different life and they're go by, going by a different name. They have a different backstory and they, they got married to a different person and have like two new kids or something. And they just, you know, that one, I remember that dissociation. Right. of identity disorder i remember the stories and the cases That's a of fugue that. dissociative fugue oh and so in the dsm-5 they they it's um did is under the heading of dissociative disorders mm -hmm. and um so dissociative fugue is the type of um dissociative disorder and that one is is very very rare oh interesting do you see do you see cases of dissociative fugue at all? I have not seen a a case of dissociative fugue. Most of them are DID and they can shift into a, another part for hours or days mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. a time, but they they don't wander off. Usually right. their partner or the people they live with know about it. Oh, okay, okay. And and they even talk to the other parts. The their partner talks their to their partners. Learns, can, right, right, mm -hmm. right. Yes. They live to. Uh, they learn to live with someone that has, you know, different identities, obviously, and and talk yes. to the different mm -hmm. identities. So I'm assuming that in your practice, right, when they come to you for um, a, a counseling on this, it's. Uh, do they also switch? Um, do you see them switching identities throughout your sessions? What is that like? Well, um, it's fabulous. It's an it's amazing, and it's really um, it just really fascinates me. So you, the the reason I think is because the facial muscles must develop differently. That's why why I think they can actually look like a different person. Because if they have a certain expression on their face mm -hmm. in one personality, I would think that that muscle, those muscles get stronger. Right. And so it can make the face look different than when they're in a different personality. Because actually on Zoom, I can see when they're shifting. Interesting. Even though I'm only seeing, you know, right. a small portion of the person. So, so when they're shifting, so you mean you can literally, you, you see them, they just change into what looks like a completely different person, even, even though they haven't changed their outfit, they haven't changed, done anything. They just, just purely by facial expressions, they turn mm -hmm. into a totally different person. That is fascinating. <laughs> That's very fascinating. And then, I mean, I'm assuming you just, you know, you just have to talk to whatever new personality is there, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes. yes. So what is it that you um, treat exactly? Like when uh, people uh, come to you for this, like what, what do you focus on in your treatment? Like what, what actually helps with this? Like what is your, also, what is your goal? Is there, is your goal in treatment to get them to get, gain more control of when they shift or um, is, you know, what is the overall goal in treating someone with the ID? Well, the first step is is having them uh, acknowledge that they have it. Mm. Sometimes they don't acknowledge it for years into therapy, years in therapy, and the therapist doesn't know either. Really? So, so therapy can take uh, you know, 
like 15 years. Wow. Wait, how come the therapist doesn't know? Well, a lot of therapists don't believe in it. Why is um, that? Because there was a big controversy okay. um, between Europe and, um, and North America. And Europe um, had this um, opinion that in, in the new world, they are um, talking about it and focusing on it so much that they're causing it to happen. Oh, hmm. by, by when, did, when did this happen, this controversy? Um, well, it's still going on and there's even a word for it uh, that um, it's, it's, a, it's a $10 word. It's mm -hmm. called iatrogenesis, the causation of disease. Mm. And um, even by diagnosing someone, as a certain thing, the person can um, become that thing if they. I actually, I can see how themselves. that's. Yeah, it's self fulfilling prophecy. I can see how that's possible. I can absolutely see how how that could, you know, um, sometimes make matters worse. But also, right? If somebody says, "Oh, I'm a procrastinator," yes, then they can believe they're a procrastinator. But you, you people cannot make up. Uh, make this up. They don't, they can't make up, they wouldn't make up these bad things happening to them. They wouldn't make up the parts. Mm -hmm. That would be a whole other disorder mm -hmm. if, if they spent all their time figuring this out. Mm -hmm. um, but there are other things in the DSM that, that um, are not true. They, for example, it says um, only one identity interacts with the environment at a time. That's mm -hmm. not true in my experience with all of my clients. And this is a quote from the DSM-5. And another quote from the DSM-5 was about that the European clinicians think that the New World clinicians are encouraging more cases to develop. But there's a study that was done that says that um, that was done in different countries uh, other than um, the United States that mm -hmm. said it was higher than 1%. Right now they're saying only 1% of people have DID, but up, up to 18% of people with um, a substance abuse disorder can have DID, oh. which is really profound because if more people knew about DID, and I'll get back to the treatment because this is really, really fascinating and important. Um, if more people knew about how to treat it and look for it, perhaps there would be not as much suicide because people who are working the 12 steps or trying to get sober or clean or whatever, there's a part of them that can't do it. And if they get in touch with that part, Mm -hmm. then they might be able to stay sober. If we get in touch with the parts that are really scary or need attention, mm -hmm. we might be able to save more lives. Mm -hmm. Where does that become, again, like you have DID versus, you know, that sounds like what you just said, I feel like almost everyone could, can relate to. If we get in touch with the parts of us that are more scary, then, you know, that obviously facing our fears and facing our dark uh, our darkness, um, I always say darkness is not a bad thing because we have to face it in order to uh, get through it and accept it. Um, but where does that become, okay, that you have DID uh, and, you know, you're just a normal person trying to figure things out? When it's interfering in a part of your life where you can't function, well, actually several parts of your life. If you can't um, do everyday things like feed yourself, clothe yourself, shower, and show up. And why does someone with the ID, like why would it be hard for them to do those everyday functionalities? Because um, the trauma let me give you an example. If um, a child, I have a, a client who was um, severely neglected and beaten and um, sexually abused. 
in the in the home, outside, all the time, in in many different situations. So, a home, their home right now as an adult can be very triggering because going a bed, a couch, a going into the refrigerator, there was trauma in all aspects of their life. So they could be frozen a lot, not able to move and completely shut down, afraid to take a shower, afraid to eat because they were yelled at when they were eating breakfast. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they have to slowly get to know the parts of themselves and bring, and the parts will come forward and they get to learn that nothing bad's going to happen in each everyday situation so that they can take a shower. They can mm-hmm. go to bed on time and they, they can feed themselves. And this only happens like if they're in this one person and not, oh, sorry, identity, right? They're not when they're in uh, a, like, another identity like that's that's kind of the difference right with the id it's like only if you're in this identity do you experience these things but if you're in another identity you might experience something totally different or obviously like have a different set of problems and i understand that you're saying they could possibly happen together but that's like the 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 defining factor of did right it it is it is sort of confusing so so um, there, there is a very functional client who, who has a, um, a job, six-figure income, has a significant other, but they are having difficulty now because there is something going on in the world that is causing them to remember something from their childhood what's going on in the present causes the part that was coping as a child to come forward and that Mm -hmm. child is the part that can't do the stuff that can't eat or sleep or right or take a shower right uh yeah I guess what I'm struggling with is again the same question is when does this become DID how do you how can you tell how can you diagnose someone or someone that goes to you how can you say you know when do you say okay I think I think it's um uh we have something um more DID here and then when do you say oh okay you're this is totally normal stuff so that's when you open the DSM and and uh and look at the clinical diagnostic criteria, which are two or more distinct characteristics, I mean, personalities that have different, um, actually they they do have different names and um, likes and dislikes. Some of them have different gender, sexuality, and race even Mm -hmm. in the same system. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So that's the more classic United States. And the memory loss and the memory lapse. Yeah. Brownouts, times during the day or during the week that they can't remember. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like a part of the goals in working with them is to get them to be able to function regardless of which identity they're taking on. So getting them to be able to, you know, do these, um, you know, take a shower, get dressed, uh, eat, if they did revert to, say, a childhood identity, correct? And just working with the childhood identity and being able to work with that or or is the treatment to tell them is to teach them uh, skills to not revert to those identities and keep a certain identity that perhaps works better for them. Um, how do you treat these cases? Well, the 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 um, the theorists, the the theories and the the typical practices, the typical ways to treat them are. Um, uh, in internal family systems, which is a definite therapeutic technique. And some people use hypnosis. Some people use um, DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, and also EMDR, mm-hmm. which um, works with the different brain hemispheres. And, uh, but I, I developed a simple um, three-step process that 
that you're right, everyone can use. Um, and it helps to recognize when there's another part here, be curious about the part and find out what it is that you need or what, how we can help the part. Mm -hmm. And number three is to thank the part for getting our attention and helping us survive up until now. So it's a three-step method. But to answer your question about um, can life coaches, um, is this important for them to know? Yes. The, the best treatment would be to have a life coach, a therapist, a 12-step program, self-help books, and, and years to get well. That's, that's what, what really works uh, to, to help someone heal. And the three-step process um, is called just say hi. So I, I'm going to tell you what it is. So mm -hmm. when we say hi to the part that we're trying to shut down, ignore, push away, or is not able to follow through with the goals, for example, in our life coaching vision, mm -hmm. or at school, or with, in our relationship, mm -hmm. to, to say hi to the part of us and not instead of saying stop it or go away we mm -hmm. say what is it that you want to tell me mm -hmm. or is there a part or can yeah. you help me help you i feel like that's a I, i've definitely practiced that in meditational programs before and like yeah. uh, uh for example um mindful uh self-compassion courses for example that i've taken or just even exercises in uh, self-development courses um yeah definitely learning how to actually uh accept and read the parts of you that we were saying are, are scary instead of pushing them away because Obviously, what the famous, you know, law of attraction quote is whatever, uh, whatever we repress progresses, right? That's uh, whatever we pro repress um, advances or progresses or gets worse, and it'll just catch up with us sometime in life. Um, yeah, but again, strictly specifically for DID. Uh, a trained therapist is the best for DID. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. okay. So what kind? So what kind of um, patients do you see? Um, you let so I use I use primarily internal family systems, but I do use a little bit of hypnotherapy and life coaching because um, a comprehensive approach is what works best. Okay. And. Um, but I, I have friends who are life coaches, just life coaches and my life coach, my mentor, um, I, in all the students I've seen there, there are some students that, that re have a block that they reach a point and they're stuck. And mm -hmm. it may be because they have, um, an issue that's deeper, that a trauma issue that's deeper that might they might benefit from having. Um, it usually is because they have a trauma issue. Yeah. Yeah. And so some life coaches have the intuition and the gift and are able to deal with that, but some may not be as able to do that. And that's where a, a therapist or someone who's trained in both would benefit the person, mm -hmm. but they both have merit. Like therapy, therapy. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So when I saw you on your website once again, uh -huh. you have such a deep understanding of parts that I feel comfortable telling you that I recovered from uh, multiple personalities. Okay, okay. It's me that is my uh, the real reason that uh -huh. I became so fascinated with it, and when I, I saw. Right. Okay. So pretty yes, much saw I, that coming. <laughs> yes. So right. And um, I just and, I just mean in the sense that you know we all usually what we're drawn to. Uh, for most of us, we obviously have some sort of, sort of story and background around it, and a lot of times it is parts of us that we're trying to understand. As right. Well so the part of me that was talking to you on the phone was going, "No, 
no, Julie, you don't want to do this. You don't want to go on and do this podcast. But the there, there's a the kid parts are saying you must do this. You must tell people that if they have parts, it's okay that they're not the only one. And but Serena, you you are a gift. You are a minority. You are a trailblazer. You are making it safe for people to come forward. And that's why I'm here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Julie. That means a lot to me. Um, do you, can I ask you some questions You can about ask yourself? me anything you'd like. <laughs> okay. So how does it manifest for you, uh, the, uh, uh, your personalities, your identities? And are you aware of it when it comes out or no? Most of the time I am. Yeah. And um, I have the greatest kid parts. They do really funny things. So we had to have a big discussion about who's going to get on the video. Um, you know, what part of me, want, the kid, one, there's a kid that wants to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So this is like, um, that part is what helped me get on the screen because they want to be famous. Oh, interesting. But, um, uh, and they, they were probably the ones that wanted to play bought all this technology that I'm not using right now, but the, the microphone and the lights and all this stuff that I'm not using right now, but they wanted the box. <laughs> okay. But, you know, it was a good excuse to, to buy it. Mm -hmm. What about for you? Um, when, when your kid personality comes out, uh, I mean, do you totally shift? Like, do, does your, I mean, would somebody say, oh, I don't recognize this person. Is this Julie? Cause I mean, at least I know for me, people would still be like, oh, that's still Serena. You know, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, it's different, but it's not so different in a shift that people wouldn't recognize me or say that I have totally different facial expressions, but what's the case like for you? My sister uh, can, will notice and she has permission to ask me, is there another part here? Oh, okay. Okay. How many parts yeah. do you have, would you say? I have about 15. 15. And do they all have different names? Yes. Okay. And can you control when they shift? Um, we can't control it, but we, when we're calm and centered, and we've been paying attention to them all along on a regular basis. It's like having a family. Oh. We wouldn't ignore our children or the dog. If, as long as they're fed and clothed and, and their needs are being met, they're fine. Do they have, but they, do they all have emotional needs and different emotional needs, I'm assuming? Um, yes. For example, if I didn't sleep well, I don't eat breakfast and then we're going to go on a long trip and do an interview. That would not be a good setup for success. I have to make sure I sleep and I eat well and I do really healthy, live a healthy lifestyle. Right. Right. Okay. So COVID is a good example of major triggers for everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. So this is a really big time to listen. So we do a lot of playing and um, sometimes we have to really um, have a meeting before we go to the grocery store because we have to put a mask on our face oh. and we don't like that. Oh, okay. What do you mean by you do a lot of playing and then you have a, a meeting? What is that like? Because um, <laughs> I have no idea what, I don't really know what you mean by you do a lot of playing and then you have okay, a meeting. Well, I have to, I have to put them in my schedule. Like if I, I work, a, I work a lot because I'm, I want to bring this out into the public. So mm -hmm. I have some projects going on. If I'm working and seeing clients and I haven't gone outside or gone to the beach or danced or I, I have to, okay, take the, we're taking the afternoon off, turn the music on. And I, put on socks and I slide down the hallway in my socks and play music and you know yeah have fun and if you don't do that then what happens uh 
that is a really good question that I don't want to answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, a part of me that's mean and cranky will come out. Oh, okay. Okay. But is that a totally different person, another personality, like another, you know, yes. like with a different name? Oh, okay. So then that person comes out. Okay. What about, um, you said that and you, you have a meeting. You would see it on oh, okay. my face. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the, what about when you said a meeting? Um, you have to have oh. a meeting before you go to the grocery store because you have to put on masks. What do you mean? Well, I just check in inside and say, okay, is there anybody scared, you know, or is there anybody that needs something? I want you to know that we're going to put the mask on and we're going to, I talk to them like they're kids. Oh. Okay, sweetheart. Sometimes I use the, this is what, how I teach the, my clients. Mm -hmm. People who have been traumatized often don't even know what it's like to be talked to in a nurturing, caring voice. If they That's didn't have true. a mom and a dad who were nurturing. So I say, pretend you're talking to a baby or a dog and say, okay, honeys, we're going to put our, you know, we have to put the mask on, but I want you to know we're going to, it's only going to be for like an hour. We're going to come right home and we're going to take it off and then you can have dinner. Hmm, I see. I see. And then uh, sometimes do one of your personalities have a problem with that or like, you know, do they ever object and take over? Not in a way that's disruptive. Okay. The only way that would be disruptive, that, which I thank them wholeheartedly for, mm -hmm. is if I were to go on a date and um, go home with somebody that I didn't know very well, oh. they would really mm -hmm. do things that they, they, would, they would speak up. Oh, okay, okay. So they would uh, take over basically. And yeah. And, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Has that happened? It sounds like it's from personal experience. See, I just don't have a poker face, do I? <laughs> it's okay, me either. Well, yes, it happened. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, they, they just will not let me get into trouble that way because a part, okay, this is way too much information. There was a part, there was a teenager who would, go um, get into trouble to get love mm -hmm. and you know not recently but in the past yeah years ago she would serial date and 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 do things that you know were not mm -hmm. healthy mm -hmm. but it was it was replaying the childhood stuff I to put her in danger she was used to uh, being mm -hmm. mistreated now if now I'm listening to the internal parts. The teenage part doesn't doesn't come out unless if an old if if in the past I had sex with a lot of men when I was young, because that's what was done to me. If I was in a situation where I was being raped in the present, that part would come forward and do it for me because that part knows how to do it and protect the rest of me. And I might not remember what happened. Mm -hmm. That's how DID works. And that's why it's so wonderful mm -hmm. because the parts that were created were so that the, the, the core didn't have to suffer. Oh. That part that could take the abuse mm -hmm. would do it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So the part, so the teenager would come out. Or, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and then you wouldn't remember it. Right. But you could, the, so, but there is a core part of you. Is that who yes. I'm talking to right now? Or? Yes. Okay. And the parts know that now the core, they trust the core. And so they don't have to come out. They know that I'm going to feed them and clothe them and never put them in danger. And oh, if danger were to happen, mm -hmm. I would get them safe. I would get help. I Whereas see. children who are traumatized, when they become adults, they don't know how to get help. Mm -hmm. They continue to get re-traumatized until they learn how to feed themselves. I have one client that doesn't know how to go to the grocery store as an adult. Why they don't, 
know how to do certain things. Mm -hmm. As they learn, then the, the parts will be calm. Mm -hmm. They don't go mean, away. You mean she doesn't know how to go to the grocery store because she's living with her childhood parts that doesn't know how to go to the grocery store? Um, she lived in a family where she didn't have food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she just never developed that skill. I mean, is that right. a DID thing or is that? Um... Well, severe neglect can cause DID. So if right. someone grew up in the middle of nowhere with parents that were not present and mm -hmm. had to find food out of garbage cans, they wouldn't know how to go to the grocery store. Right, right. But I mean, is that, I guess my question is, is that her core? Is that like her core personality or is that another personality taking over the one that doesn't know how to go to the grocery store? The core is the part that's going to learn how to do. The core is that is, um, is it can be very small when you first start recovery, mm -hmm. but the core is the part that gets to learn mm -hmm. and gets to grow. And then the other parts will also learn. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a part, I believe, there's a part in all of us that wants to survive and wants to live. Right. Mm -hmm. That part always has hope, mm -hmm. always is willing. Maybe there's another way. Maybe I don't have to kill myself. Maybe I can mm -hmm. learn how to read. Mm -hmm. I learned how to read and go to graduate school at 52 years old. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think that's that that will be inspirational for a lot of people out there. Yes. Yeah. And now that we know through neuroscience that we do make new brain cells. Mm -hmm. My uh, life coach mentor um, mm -hmm. is 70. Her mother was 85 when she started doing this neuroscience stuff and started to have a vision. And and want to live. And between 85 and 92, she created and she learned and she did all these mar marvelous things. So if there are clients that hear this, yeah, they absolutely. will, you absolutely still can have a wonderful life. Yeah. Let's say someone with the DID was, uh, or you yourself, you know, um, just in your own experience, even, um, trying to hold down a job, trying to like, you know, do these functional, like maybe not as simple as putting on a shirt or, you know, cooking, but m something more complex, like, you know, um, I don't know, throwing it out there, working at a bank or something, right. Or being a teller or just having to answer to a boss every day. But then you might have these different personalities come out. Right. And like, I mean, I'm assuming your boss might be really confused or, you know, it's just, it sounds like it's, it's these shifts um, happen kind of spontaneously, uh, maybe triggered by something, but it sounds like you don't always have control over when they happen. So how would you help them in that? Like, what, what can you, what do you think might help someone with the ID be able to live this type of uh, a life or should they or, or would you recommend that they find a more suitable career path like what you're doing where you can make your own hours and you know <laughs> um, have your own clients I mean what would you say to that well unfortunately somebody who has DID may be disabled we don't use that word to speak about ourselves I encourage the people I the clients not to use that word until they, unless they're going to the doctor's office or the, the disability lawyer, then you state the case, state the facts. And then we have a, um, a little talk afterwards and we say, we're doing great. These are the things, these are our strengths. And we, we, you know, go back to work on getting well, but when you first start to get well, sometimes you can't work. Mm, I see. What does get well look like? Like, how do you know when you're well or getting well? When you, when you um, are able to talk to the parts of yourself, oh, okay. when you get to know the parts of yourself and they get to know each other. If um, 
sometimes it can be like having a national um, political convention going on inside where the two parties are all arguing <laughs> with each other. And um, the first thing is to recognize the problem. Oh, there's an argument going on. Then go in and listen to everybody mm -hmm. and, and help them feel heard. It's the same as what's going on in the world right now. When we listen to each other right. and we acknowledge each other, right. um, and especially if parts can be different race, different sexuality in the same body, oh, I have a mini world inside me. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. So when they, so when they talk to you, do you actually hear them as words or? No? I'm so glad you you said that. You asked that question. <laughs> it's it's so everybody knows it's not like schizophrenia. You don't hear voices. Um, Okay. It's just, it's just imagine having more than one brain. There's a brain for each part almost like, so there's just different people, but one body. I, I do understand it in the terms or when I'm writing, if I'm writing something, I get completely, I call, I call it Zen. I call it just complete writer's Zen where I am no longer myself. I'm not talking who I am. Like it's some, something else is through me talking for me. That is, I love it when that happens. It's completely effortless for me. I don't even have to write. It's like the story tells itself, the character's talking itself. Wow. It's just like yeah. whatever is happening, all I have to do is type, you know? And that's something that I um, love tapping into. I love tapping into that. And I just completely like lose myself. But I do remember what happens for the most part. Although I will say that there have been a couple of times where I have completely went like just blacked out in, in the character. And I've just been that character on stage. And, you know, and that those are the best yeah. performances, actually. Yes, exactly. Right. So that's a form of healthy normal. I hate, I don't like to use the word normal, but yeah. healthy, um, healthy dissociation. Mm. Yes. I never even realized that there could be that. I never even realized that I was dissociating, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, it's just disconnection from the norm right 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 it's really simple yeah yeah so once we learn how to once in a while I can call forth a part to mm. do a certain thing like, like for when example, I write oh okay what part do you call forth to write yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah when sometimes it's one of the kids that that is doing the writing but if the if an adult part is is saying you have to sit down and write, nah. ain't gonna happen. Interesting. It has to come from the part that can actually do it. It can't mm. force it. Oh, interesting, interesting. But you do try to call forth different parts that help you. It sounds like in with various tasks. Yeah, yeah. And can I ask you, uh, like, what the different some of the different personalities are and their names and what they're known for or what they help you with? <laughs> oh, I just saw one come. I just felt, felt the one that wants to go on the Ellen show. Uh -huh. She's like, oh, Serena wants to see me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can get it to get her to show up, but I could try. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know what her name is, but uh, the newest one, um, actually, it's not a new one because the parts get created when you're uh, very small, mm -hmm. between birth and like seven, eight, nine years old. Oh, you really? may, sometimes you can have a, fra a fragment or something, but um, there's a part named Peanut. And so... Who's Peanut? Um uh, it's the littlest one that doesn't have words, Oh, but when I, I can call it up, I think it's a, I, it doesn't have a gender because wow. actually when kids are born, they don't know if they're a boy or a, 
a girl. I mean, inside they do the biologically so, they they're peanuts hormones. really young. Yeah, peanuts really super young before peanut even knows whether it's a boy or a girl. Wow. Yeah. That's so yeah. fascinating that that's so far ahead. I mean, I can't, I can't even remember, you know, <laughs> my <laughs> life before two. And I know that I, I can. <laughs> well, I don't, I just, um, there was a stuffed animal that just remind by seeing this face of the stuffed animal, it reminded me of brought forth the emotion mm. of the kid. Oh, okay. And I could say, hi peanut and it's just this little cute little oh before the damage peanut sounds really cute yeah. yeah so sometimes I'll go get the stuffed animal to call forth the feelings so that I can call oh. forth the part that needs love oh and how do you know when peanut needs love like how do you know when to call forth peanut uh if if I have too many adult responsibilities going on mm-hmm. how does go peanut, get peanut but how does peanut let you know that oh that is a fabulous question you're really brilliant <laughs> you, to- you totally get it um <laughs> uh, I can tell because one of the the grumpy okay the mean part comes out oh I see I see how is the mean part formed like, you mean what is it? Yeah, what is the mean part? Does the mean part have a name? Mean. I tried to change its name, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that's what its name is. I'm so like, how, really? How old is how old is mean? Uh he's a teenager. Oh, okay. That's a he. Okay. He's a teenager. He sounds like he throws temper tantrums. Yeah. It's just, just from what I think of a mean teenager, it's just yeah. mean teenage boy throwing temper tantrums. Yeah. So I go, so the three steps don't have to go in order. So the third step is thank you. So sometimes I'll say thank you first for getting my attention mm-hmm. and then say, hi, because that, that's the first step. And then I'll go back to the second step and I'll say, is there, is there something I can help you with? Right. Wow. And what does he say? Does he say, oh, can you call forth peanut? Or does he, you know, does he know to that that's what you need? Or does he just say, oh, like this sucks or something? Yeah. Um, there's too much. There's too many um, projects, appointments, um, you know, responsibilities. We're like over too much. I mean, that's actually kind of really cool that you can talk to all your parts that way and they tell you because I feel like what most people struggle with without such specific um, identities, you know, that they can actually talk to (laughs) um, so specifically is like most people struggle with trying to figure out what the heck is up with them you know, trying to figure out why do I feel this way? Or mm-hmm. why am I, you know, but it almost sounds like if you actually have those parts that are telling you, they're helping you. And uh, already, they're telling you, okay, you know, I'm not happy because you're doing too much stuff. But for a normal person without, like, I don't like using normal either. But like, you know, just a person without uh, uh, such specific dissociative um, identities, it might take them a really long time to figure out why they are so moody. You know? Right. But um, those people can go to yoga or do meditation yeah. or just if somebody says, take a deep breath, they'll take the deep breath. But if somebody tells me to take a deep breath, I tell them where to stick it because <laughs> that doesn't work because it's like telling the kids um, to stop feeling their feelings so they don't get it. Right. They don't get it. They don't, they can't go to yoga because mm-hmm. sitting still reminds them of, oh my God, something bad's going to happen if I'm not hypervigilant and be like, okay, you know. How old is the oldest um, personality that you have? Because we're talking about peanuts. Yeah, adult. Adult. How old is adult? Mm, I'm not sure, but somewhere 40s probably oh okay okay that's not that old i'm 62 
Oh, okay. Well, so, you do not look 62 at all. <laughs> you look like you're 40s. Thank you. Yeah. That's maybe maybe because of the kids. Oh, because they keep you young. Yes, they do. Yeah, they're all younger than you. Huh. Well, they were formed when um, in your yeah. in your lifetime. Is it yeah. is it so can someone um with DID have older personalities too, like older than they are? Yeah. yeah. How sometimes, does that get formed? Sometimes it's like an older sibling that they for, is formed. Okay. Okay. So I don't think I have them. anybody a client that has a parent, like formed a parent. Okay. I don't think so. Okay, but that does happen. I'm not sure. I can't really speak to that, but <laughs> I I don't have any clients that have uh an adult. Okay. Um, uh, I'm just so curious like how uh, um if you could share a few more of your different parts, you know, like um I mean, I guess they're all interesting, but I'm curious. Uh, you mentioned three. The so one right. that took the motorcycle lessons, mm -hmm. that's the most interesting part. Is that you? Oh, that story was you. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that story was you. I mean, I just figured you, you know, had experienced this, but. <laughs> no, it was me. Okay. Okay. And, and if you, if you played the tape back, you would probably be able to tell that I was stumbling a little on the story mm -hmm. I did leave out a part now you'll be able to go and see the parts because it was on the tape that you have one of my parts was going no leave don't tell her the whole thing mm -hmm. because I was scared about telling the story oh scared so that's about why. scared about saying that it was you this is the first time I've gone public in this way. Oh my gosh. I am, wow, I am honored. Wow. Okay. How do you feel about that? Totally ready, comfortable. Good. And knowing that, um, that people need to know this because once they realize that it's okay, mm -hmm. they'll be able to feel better yeah With, even if they didn't go to therapy or life coaching or anything yeah. they'll know that they're not crazy right did right. happens to highly intelligent people that's because their brains have the ability to compartmentalize i think i mentioned this in my first podcast the intro podcast too is like a lot of times mental health diagnoses uh are happen to people who are very intelligent, like highly intelligent. And um, uh, yeah, I was even just having a podcast the other day where we were talking about, you know, depression and suicide, how, like it often occurs to people who are extremely intelligent as well. So, you know, it's a very common myth that people think that it's for people who are stupid <laughs> or <laughs> lack intelligence. That's usually not the case. Um but then again, it affects every single population, you know, regardless, it just doesn't matter, you know, I, IQ and all of that. It's just when people identify, I love what you said, and that they identify their uniqueness and find their genius and then get to know their parts. We're all so similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm so glad that, um, and, you know, honored that you have, uh, come out with this today with me uh on camera and you know for our, our video audio podcast i hope that i get to talk to you again about the three-step method and so that you can use it and people can use it because mm. and i want to put a billboard just say hi and yeah. yeah because saying hi inside to our parts is like gold mm. the best the best thing ever yeah for people that you work with. Or yeah, absolutely. I teach this to my chiropractor, my my own therapist. Yeah. Anybody who will listen. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that the the what you said just saying hi, like I said before, it yeah, not just for people with PID. It's obviously, you know, we could all use it. We can all learn to, you know, uh 
appreciate all the different parts of ourselves and not hide it and not bottle it up and, you know, appreciate our, our darkness, you know, and it's like, what is darkness anyway? I don't even really <laughs> know if I like that term either. A lot of this is semantics, you know, but, um, um, yeah, I just, I think all of our parts are beautiful and we should absolutely honor them and love them and uh, not feel like we need to hide them. And that way we get to live a much more mentally healthy, emotionally healthy and much more fulfilled life. All right. So thank you so much, Julie, for coming on board. And I do hope thank we you. get to chat again. Absolutely. I hope so too. And yeah. best wishes. I love your mission. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Julie. Yeah. And uh, we'll look forward to when does your, oh, let me know when your three-step method comes out and I'll make sure to share that with the world. And thank you so much for sharing yourself with the world today. And it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you everyone for tuning in and I will see you all soon. Bye.